We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Emprise debit cards are contactless, much like practice this week for the Chiefs. Secure and faster than ever. So fast they're giving the cheetah a run for his money. Emprise Bank, member FDIC. And I did mention practice there. Boys, practice is starting. I am so excited. We're so excited. Some of us at KCSN will be there this weekend, including my dear pal. Find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Maddie, I I am going to give you a hug when I see you. Uh, I'm going to risk COVID to hug you because I am excited to see you, my friend. I'm in, I am glowing with excitement to see you as well, kid. Like I could not be any more excited to see you. BJ, Tucker, anybody else that might decide to come to camp on Friday, on Saturday. And the whole time, this is the only bad thing. The whole time, I'm just going to be thinking in the back of my mind, man, I wish my dear pal Craig could make it out here to see us this time. But buddy, how are you doing? I know you're sad to miss it, but you know, you got some important things going on. So I'll forgive you this time. Yeah, yeah, I do have some important things going on. Um, I We can just go ahead and say it i'm expecting my second child any day Woo! now so Woo! um i don't feel super comfortable being very far away from home right now <laughs> so it's kind of a big deal that i i be here and i'd be near this so i would love to be at camp i would love to see everybody but life is kind of more important in this scenario so looking forward to that looking forward to hearing from these guys what they're gonna see at camp but today we're going to talk a little bit about kind of what we expect out of camp and what we'd like to do here. A yeah, little there's... bit? Wait, have you met any of us, Craig? A little <laughs> bit. Here's the thing. we we When we don't have a rundown and we just kind of want to go all over the place, it winds up being like an hour and a half. So mm-hmm. this is going to be a long episode. Craig, I do want to say, man, it, I, it's good to have the news broken. Uh, it's been <laughs> really fun to, like me and Craig have been going through a lot of life things at the exact same time. Uh-huh. And so he's been someone to share all of the experiences that I've had and vice versa. So it's been really nice. So yes, congratulations. I'm super you, excited sir. for you, my friend. And yes, it, everything's I'm excited for you. It's going to be awesome. Yes, it's going to be great. Everything to the both. Thank you. Oh, Welcome well. to the club. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the two the polar club. opposite of the first. <laughs> so be ready. 
Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one that didn't go uh well, never mind. I'll I'll never mind. <laughs> yes, nailed it. <laughs> let's talk about the Chiefs. Let's let's talk about the Chiefs, shall we? This is okay. why we need a rundown. We have kids around, and this is why we need the rundown. Uh, Without just, a teleprompter, yeah. my man is lost in the woods. I just love how both of you knew exactly where I was going with that. Yep. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let's talk about the Chiefs. Uh, the team, you know, they've reported the practice start on Wednesday. Obviously, you got a little bit of a teaser there with some of the rookies and stuff getting in, you know, to the mix. Patrick Mahomes getting some practices in. Just getting you know ready for ready for full speed ahead. The the full team's going to be practicing on Wednesday, and there's a lot of things that we're all excited to be you know paying attention to, looking at. I think one of the things that is very interesting right off the bat, and I think one of the things everybody's going to be really paying attention to, like you're going to see 84 tweets about it because everybody's going to have the same idea. Who plays right guard right off the bat, Maddie? I think that's a big question. We think that's the number one question coming right out of camp. I think, th- I think I that will guess. be one. I think that will be one of the biggest questions when team when they line up for teams. That will be one of the first things that people are paying attention to. Yeah, I think that's definitely going to be one of the first eggs for sure. Because right now we just got the news that Kyle Long was placed on the pup list, the pup list. So he's going to count. And you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, because this is not my wheelhouse. But he counts towards the 90 man roster for this. Correct. But he is not going to be participating during training camp at all right now. Correct. So you are going to be looking at LDT, Andrew Wiley, Trey Smith, maybe kind of competing for this right guard spot. And so the highest thing on everyone's mind right now is simply just going to be who's going to come in, who's going to take this role, whether it's, you know, this first week, who's going to start out in that role. I think it's going to say a lot if Trey Smith, newcomer Trey Smith comes in and takes that spot right away, being new to Kansas City and the new starting right guard, Craig, what say you? Yes. Yes, we're just going to hit this right right off the bat here. Yes, Trey Smith came to Kansas City, just like our good pals at McAdoodles, need to come to Kansas City. They will protect your liquor selections, just like Trey Smith is going to protect Patrick Mahomes if he gets the chance. We're all excited about Trey Smith. We we love the pick in the sixth round. Not your typical sixth rounder. I do expect that this guy is going to play a lot. He's going to contribute very early, especially with the Kyle Long injury and him being on the pup list. This is Trey Smith time. He's going to hit some fools. Now, obviously, not this week but in the future he's gonna hit some fools so fast your head will spin just all the way around in a 360 like this week's liquor of the week 360 vodka get it at mcadoodles and get a mcadoodles to kansas city just like trey smith roger at info at mcadoodles.com get a hold of him if you're a franchisee let's get one absolutely Go ahead, Let's Kent. No, get in there, Kent. Tell him all about Trey Smith. Oh, well, I mean, Trey Smith, he's an old, a very fascinating story. Obviously, you know, there's been so much mystery surrounding him for the last couple of years with all of this. And this is a guy that, to what Craig has spent a lot of time talking about this entire offseason, a guy that could maybe signal a potential shifting away from some of the blocking schemes that the Chiefs have typically employed. So, uh, watching him and him his involvement early on getting in the mix, he's looked great in all the photos that we've seen to this point. Like, great. looks like it. I mean, he looks he looks ready to roll. 
He looks mm-hmm. ready to go and compete and take this job and take this opportunity and run with it. And sometimes that's just how it works with some of these younger guys. Even some of these day three picks, some of these undrafted free agents, opportunity is critical for a lot of these guys. And Trey Smith is one of those guys that, you know, is going to get an opportunity. And you know what, Maddie? There could be some opportunities at the defensive end position because I don't believe we know for sure if Frank Clark has reported quite yet, right? I am not sure. I haven't heard that he has. I know Andy Reid said that he was expecting him to be there. He seemed to have no you know, questions about Frank Clark showing up. But up until this point, I don't know if he has. I have not seen anything. So I'm going to have to go out on a limb and say I don't think he's there at this point in time. So if he's not there, I mean, that, who knows what that room is going to look like. If you get out there with no Frank Clark, I have no clue how that defensive room end room is going to look starting off with your first team reps when you start going through team or just even, you know, like uh, segment drills when you have offensive line versus defensive line. Is Chris Jones going to be a full-time defensive end? Are they just going to be cycling in the young guys like Mike Dana, Joshua Kane? Though? Like, what is their plan going to be if Frank Clark's not there? Who's getting the reps? I do imagine throughout this camp, we see a lot of Chris Jones at defensive end and don't read too much into it just because it's at camp. I just think he needs more rep at def- reps at defensive end than he does defensive tackle. Conversely, Jerron Reed needs as many reps as he can get at defensive tackle right now because he's new to the team. So just because you see Chris Jones exclusively play defensive end, if that happens at training camp, don't fear that he's never going to play on the interior once the regular season starts. Well, when you look at camp, when you look at, you know, early installs, what are you what are you doing with your early installs? You're probably seeing a fullback. You're probably seeing a lot of that base personnel. Those are the situations that you're probably going to see Chris Jones playing defensive end. So, you know, if the Chiefs aren't working in sub packages a lot early on in camp and they're really working with some of their base looks, Chris Jones very well could. That could be a situation uh, that you do see Chris Jones lining up a lot of defensive end too, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. Especially since the OTA camp was largely a passing camp, they are going to want to work a little bit of the run game. Obviously, they were doing it on bags. I know, I know everybody hates the run, but let me talk about I wrote about it this offseason. You normally um, write about defense, and we know know know. how that goes. No, see, listen, I just write about the things that nobody cares about. Um, I, I do think that they're going to get that work in, though, because they did run it on bags. And so they need that level of communication with an offensive line that's all new faces essentially so you need this group of guys to be able to communicate well and be able to run through that sort of stuff and the best way to do that could be getting some of those 21 personnel looks some of those 12 personnel looks that we talked about a little bit last week when we talked about the tight ends you're going to see a little more heavy personnel that works for the defense as well like they said chris jones is out there Probably going to play a lot of defensive end, but that also gets you a look at some of these linebackers that we're also looking so more so forward to here. <laughs> get Nick Bolton on the field as that Sam role. Get Willie Gay some more reps. We know these guys need the reps next to Hitchens, hearing that voice, calling everything out, knowing what's coming for the guy that's actually calling the defense. Those linebackers definitely need those reps, Maddie. They do. I wanted to go back to Chris Jones just real quick. For me, one of the biggest things that I want to watch, I want to see the one-on-one drills from Chris Jones. Not so much the team stuff. Because I'm with Craig. I do think you will see a lot more just run stuff in a lot of the team drills. I think you're going to see a lot of time in teams, defensive linemen aren't going 100%. Same with offensive linemen. It's a long day. Other other than Frank Clark. Other than Frank Clark. 
other than Frank Clark, who occasionally makes an offensive tackle like Eric Fisher mad at him or something. But yeah, yeah. most of the time, these guys aren't going 100% every play because you can't really hit like the quarterback or anything. So, you know, they try, but they don't always give it 110%. But in those one-on-one drills where it's schemed up that Chris Jones isn't really just going to be bull rushing an offensive tackle every single play. They're working on speed rushes. They're working on some counters or hand tech. Meek, I want to see how he looks in those versus Orlando Brown, versus Mike Rimmers, versus Lucas Nyang, all these different levels of competition, because I think that's going to go a long way into seeing if he can really stand out there during the regular season and probably will show me more than it will during the team period watching those one-on-ones. But as far as the linebackers go, hey, listen, you want to get Nick Bolton out there as much as possible, but what I want to see, I want to see Willie Gay. I want to see Willie Gay flash and pass coverage. That's what I care about. I don't care about what the linebackers are doing in the run game at training camp. It's good stuff. Like, they need to work on it. Don't get me wrong. But what I want to see personally, and this is just a selfish one, I want to see Willie Gay run around the field making plays on the football because that's what the second level of this defense has been missing for too many years now. Yeah, that's absolutely the case. We need that athletic linebacker, and you need for him to earn the trust of this coaching staff to be out there. We saw it in the Denver game last year. We have saw glimpses of it in other games last year. He is the guy that you want to be that kind of electrifying coverage linebacker that can get out there and move with the tight ends and the running backs at the NFL level. If he can prove himself to do that early, you're going to see him a lot in the nickel, and you might see him in the dime if he can pick up some of that stuff early. You know, obviously, we got our fingers crossed on that. So we'll see. But getting these reps, these reps that he did not get last year, are so ultra important for him this year. They've invested, you know, early draft picks in this linebacker position the last couple of years. Willie Gay, I think, is the hope to really improve the coverage level of that defense. I think Nick Bolton's the guy that could eventually be the green dot for this defense mm-hmm. uh, and a cheaper option at that with uh, Anthony Hitchens. You know, you want to see both of these guys. You want to see how they, you know, I want to see, you know, like you said, Willie Gay in coverage. I want to see if, if Nick Bolton can play fast because that's one of the things when, when he, he's getting downhill, his instincts, being able to make plays behind the line of scrimmage, especially in the run game. Some of these situations, some of these you know early looks could be decent for him, maybe not from a contact perspective, from a trigger perspective, if they're really working on some of the run fits, they're really working on some of that base personnel stuff. So that's something I'm really anticipating uh, seeing out of you know those two, the linebacker position. And honestly, let's see how Hitchens looks. because That's you know, the last, big one. Yeah. That's what I want to see. Yeah. No, I just want to see, does Anthony Hitchens look different than he has in years past? Like there's been two times now I've come up where he said he's entering this camp, this, you know, off season workout program lighter than he has in years past because he understands some of the, you know, things holding him back from last season, specifically in the Super Bowl. He thinks being a little bit lighter, a little bit quicker as the season goes on, better in coverage. That's where the NFL is going. He sees all these things. He said it. So does he look different out there? Is he still going to be a guy in camp? It's kind of zone dropping. He's covering some running backs, doing okay at it. Or is he going to be noticeably quicker, noticeably faster? Will he show up and now start making plays and man-to-man coverage while at camp? I mean, that would be a great sign for the Chiefs. We talk about hopefully Willie Gay, you know, learns enough to take over the dime linebacker role. I agree with that. But also my backup plan to that is Anthony Hitchens is able to stay on the field in the dime personnel package because I would rather see him out there calling the defense as long as he can just provide some quality coverage and spots. If he comes in lighter and can do that, I mean, that's two thumbs up from this whole offseason period for me. 
Yeah, absolutely. You want him flashing to the flat. You want him blitzing as that guy because you want Willie Gay to be that more dynamic guy that can run with the entire route. That's the hope. Anthony Hitchens, all he's got to do is be able to flash the flat, drop in those hook zones and widen the hook zones a little more than we've seen from him in previous years and then continue being the blitzer that he is. He is a fantastic blitzer. So he is good in those roles on the field. You just want to see that expand a little bit. If he's a little lighter, maybe we see it. This is really the contract year for Anthony Hitchens. I know he's under contract next year, but this is the next year the Chiefs can very easily get out of his contract, and they have two high draft picks in that linebacker room with him. A lighter Anthony Hitchens playing better football mm-hmm. makes their decision a lot more difficult. It could be really fascinating to see how that group shakes out. Maddie, I want you to give me something you're excited to watch, something you're looking for, something you're interested in. Uh, when we all get out to camp, what are you excited to look at? Man, there's there's so many options here. We, we've run through a lot of the defense, so I'm just going to stick to the defensive side of the ball right now. I don't think you can gain much from watching safeties in training camp. I don't think there's going to be a lot there, so not need to go in there too much, but the cornerback position, like just how's that shaking out? How are these guys handling some wide receivers that are pretty good on one-on-one drills? One-on-one drills are specifically, you know, kind of slanted towards the offensive side of the football, but if Mike Hughes, is he out there making plays? Is DeAndre Baker out like, Who's making the big-time plays in these one-on-one periods for the Chiefs? Is that carrying over to the team periods? Who is the first slot corner? I'm interested to see how this slot cornerback room shakes out. Most importantly, I want to know which cornerback, not named LeJarius Sneed, is going to show up to make big plays. Who's going to go out there and make plays on the football because the Chiefs are missing that out of one, outside of one guy. Yeah, that's my biggest question of all of camp right there. Who We know that Steve Spagnuolo plays a best five. Like, he's going to play the best five guys, and sometimes that's going to be three safeties, and Tyron Matthews going to kick down in the slot. I could see that happening. It happened in 2019 when Juan Thornhill was fully healthy. I could definitely see that in the nickel, and that kind of alleviates. That, that tells you, you know, you got Ward, you got Snead on the outside, and you just go from there. But what if... Mike Hughes is cracking that best five, getting some of that run in there. What if Devin Key is the guy that's cracking that best five? What if DeAndre Baker's cracking that best five? And now you see Legereus Sneed kicking inside. That's going to tell us a lot, even though there's not a ton that you can read from that because it is so slanted to the offense. That rotation can tell you a lot about what Steve Spagnuolo thinks of these guys and where he sees the position going in the future and you know maybe give a hat tip to some of those guys that we we've seen kind of rotate in in some of these pictures be that guy going forward from day one of camp you know I've I wrote this week about just kind of the bargain bin that is the Chiefs cornerback room and, and Brett Veach has not had to spend much of anything at that position to cobble together the group that he has and on paper there's so many interesting stories at the cornerback position DeAndre Baker former first round pick Chiefs could have I believe three years of club control over DeAndre Baker uh if he's able to pan out this year then there's Mike Hughes the guys that the guy that they traded in a, in a late round pick swap another former first round talent how do these guys get into the mix here and which one, if either of them or both, who's stepping up of that group? Because on paper is great, but the Chiefs need one of these guys to play up to their draft pedigree. Mike Hughes, I know everybody's talking about DeAndre Baker, and I'm rooting for DeAndre Baker because I think getting three years of club control of a guy like DeAndre Baker would be really helpful for this football team. But oh, Mike yeah. Hughes is the one I'm really interested in the most and the one I think could make uh, could could move the needle the most at this juncture. 
Um, you know, he's kind of had an injury riddled career. He's only played in 24 games. He's played less than a thousand snaps of football on the defensive, uh, on, on, on defense. There's only one cornerback on this entire chiefs roster that has played more than a thousand snaps on defense in their career. And that's Traverius Ward. Mike Hughes is close. I know, right? I know this is, it's crazy how little experience and how little this team has invested the position. Now, Having the Bermuda Triangle back in the, in the middle of the field sure. <laughs> could certainly help that for sure. But the Bermuda Mike Triangle, Hughes, I love I, it. That's hey, that's when when the when the safeties are working and and the the slot drop cover two's thriving. It's the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. Uh, but outside, you know, there's question marks. Mike Hughes, though, Maddie, what if the Chiefs get the best version of Mike Hughes? How does this transform this defense? I don't think we know what the best version of Mike Hughes yet is yet. <laughs> I mean, true. he was true, in yeah. a position. No, he played for the Minnesota Vikings that they've cycled a lot of cornerbacks through there, a lot of high-end draft picks, a lot of guys with talent, but they haven't particularly gotten guys with Mike Hughes skill set and found success. That, you know, the McKenzie Alexanders went through there. These guys aren't the prototypical, you know, Mike Zimmer cornerback. He likes big, long, fast guys that play physical at the line of scrimmage can carry guys deep playing zone coverage, but he doesn't really ask these guys to do a whole lot of breaking down, mirroring receivers. They kind of stick to their zones and playing in a vertical plane. Mike Hughes, that wasn't ever his best game. His his best attributes are his, you know, his footwork and his change of direction ability. And then the ball skills when he can see the ball, they were asking him to play in a way that didn't kind of align with what he does best. Now coming over to the Chiefs, I'd say if you put him on the outside, you're going to run into some of the same issues. It's not geared towards what he does best, but you put him in the slot, you allow him to, you know, not have to worry about carrying routes vertically, just worry about mirroring slot receivers off the line of scrimmage, keeping his eyes on the quarterback, trying to break quarterback, trying to break down on anything coming underneath. I think that's where he can thrive. So the best version of Mike Hughes is a quality cornerback. You're getting a guy that can come close to replicating Kendall Fuller's similar role when he was just playing slot corner. Not when he was playing safety, but when he was playing in the nickel, that's the type of player that I think you're getting. Not in the best size, not necessarily the fastest, not necessarily the best athlete, but he's just got a good feel for coverage when he's playing in this limited role. So I think that's what you're hoping you get out of Mike Hughes if you can develop him throughout the year. Do you remember what we said about Kendall Fuller playing in the slot for the Chiefs? Struggles to carry vertically. And guess what? <laughs> Steve Spagnuolo did a good job of covering that up, particularly early on before Kendall Fuller got hurt there. And, I mean, we can do all this quarterback talk, you know, just in time for Brett Veach to trade for Xavier Howard. But we, we we can talk about that, you know, when, if that happens. Let's just, let's let that one simmer. Maybe that's a Friday conversation. We can let this unfold a little bit more. But, Craig, I want to know something you're excited to observe uh in with training camp some storyline just something you're excited about what 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 are you looking for i'm really looking at the third string quarterback i think that that's a real no not at all nobody cares like that's wow i actually actually care no let's go around the horn who's winning the third string quarterback spot craig shane bichelle okay there is there is none because they're only carrying two yeah, they typically have carried two lately. So, so there's your answer. All right, that's, that's why I said third string quarterback. No, uh, wide receiver two. That, that's arguably the most important battle that we need to see out there. Does McCall Hardman talked about in his presser today that 
he had made strides that he really worked hard on route running and being dialed in with what Patrick Mahomes and the offense really want out of him. And that's very important. We've talked about that plenty and we don't need to really belabor that point. We want McCole Hardman to come out and be that best version of himself. And you want to see that. And I think he's going to get the first crack at doing that because they've invested a lot of time. They've invested a lot of effort and his athletic profile is such that he is a guy that you would like to see claim that wide receiver two role. Now, obviously it's not going to be as the X receiver, this Sammy Watkins guy or anything like that, but you do want to be able to see him as a productive guy that can work out of the slot, maybe work off the line of scrimmage a little bit. He's competing with Demarcus Robinson, Byron Pringle, lots of guys that have been in the system knows Andy Reed's system really well. McCall Hardman is that guy that's running with the ones consistently snap after snap deep into practice. Then I think you'll start to see that maybe Andy Reid is liking what they're seeing out of him and liking what they're seeing out of his route tree. Well, and it can be a give and take too with that, with Andy. You know, we talk about how you know, McCall Hartman is not a traditional X-type receiver, but mm-hmm. maybe Andy adjusts some things like we've kind of talked about at times this offseason to help accommodate the skill sets of a McCall Hardman. And some of that stuff just comes very organically within this offense because the Chiefs love to isolate Travis Kelsey on the backside of formations with those X or Y ISO looks it can very organically lead to McCall Hardman being lined up, protected in a bunch off the line of scrimmage and things like that. So um, it's going to be interesting what they give and take because Andy will try to, you know, if he sees, you know, McCall being able to, to take that next step and increase his role a little bit, he'll find ways to accommodate the, the skill sets of a McCall Hardman. He plays to his players' strengths so well. Uh, he always has. And if McColl takes that step and has taken that step this offseason, they'll be creative with how they're able to utilize him, utilize this offense, get him the ball. Uh, and it won't be just stuff behind the line of scrimmage, hopefully, this year, Maddie. Well, to play devil's advocate, I'm just going to base this on what Mike Kafka said on a podcast earlier this offseason. The Chiefs don't try to make everybody do everything. Their whole goal is they're trying to find guys that are good in specific roles. So with that in mind, I don't think whoever wins wide receiver two or three matters because they're both going to play about the same amount of snaps throughout the year. Like there's going to be plenty of situations where you simply can't put McCole Hardman on the field because like we said, he's not an X wide receiver. His blocking, generally speaking, isn't that good, especially compared to somebody like Demarcus Robinson or Byron Pringle. Like there's just too many scenarios where McCole Hardman can't be your wide receiver too based on his game. And that's not necessarily a knock. That's just his game isn't suited to doing some of the stuff. You're not going to throw him red zone passes. You're not going to put him out there when you're trying to run out the clock, stuff like that. You might put Demarcus Robinson out there. There's going to be other times where it makes no sense to put Robinson out there and McCole Hardman makes sense. So to me, wide receiver two and three, it just kind of, it doesn't matter. They're going to both be out there. They're both going to play about the same amount of snaps. I'm interested to see who's next. And I think I wrote about this earlier this week. Whoever wins that wide receiver four spot, they're going to see a fair amount of snaps. I mean, that's been Mm -hmm. McCole Hardman these last couple seasons. He's been the guy as the fourth wide receiver, and we've seen how effective he's been in spots. It hasn't been consistent week in and week out, but you see that fourth wide receiver for the Chiefs have these big games, have these stretches where they actually matter. So is that going to continue to be Byron Pringle, who's had success there in the past, or somebody like Antonio Callaway going to push him? Is Marcus Kemp, Cornell Powell, like who's going to be that guy that gets to come in and have that occasional game where he gets to you know go off because so much attention is on Tyree Kill? Travis Kelsey, McCole Hardman, if he's starting to pick it up the season, that's where my eyes go to with the wide receiver room for, just like I said, that wide receiver two, three, it's just a toss up in the air as the season goes on. 
Sure. It's a, it's a definition by, you know, wide receiver two and, you know, targets, yards, things like that. It, it's, it's just a, a loose definition there. But I agree with Matt. I think Cornell Powell, this is a big camp for him. Uh, they're going to pull a lot on his plate. And I think you're going to see that early. I mean, I, I want to see how he grows during camp because we've seen time and time again, rookie wide receivers come in and it takes a little bit of a time to adjust to what Andy Reid wants. It's a complex playbook. It, there is, even if it's not, you know, you got to learn everything. It's still complex. You know, there's still a lot on your plate as a wide receiver in this team. We like Cornell Powell a lot. I just want to see that growth from week one, this you know, practice one, all the way through here to see how he's fitting in, see that camaraderie, see that relationship with Patrick Mahomes. We're not asking him to step in and be the X receiver day one. That's not what we're asking at all, but learn, grow, develop, and get those reps in because you know, the way that this wide receiver rooms worked, you know, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be guys that are maybe going through a little bit of a slumps. You got to be a guy that can step in and step up. I think that's really where Cornell Powell can be an impact this year. Well, it's crazy. If you look at this, this year's draft class, the offensive mm -hmm. players, every single one of them is kind of in a position where the chiefs might need them. They might need them year one. All of these guys have a potential for an opportunity uh, to make you know make make some plays this year or be on the starting offensive line for this football team. I mean, you look Creed Humphrey, penciled in right now to be center. Trey Smith very well could be the right guard. I'm that's what I'm well, so I'm, excited. I'm to see. Sharpieing Creed Humphrey. Let's let's yeah, uh, yeah let's yeah. put him in Sharpie. And we didn't really answer this earlier because you know we got going on some other stuff. Do who do we expect to get you know the first crack at right guard come training camp? You know this first day. Team first team period. Who steps in at right guard? Is it LDT? Is it Andrew Wiley or is it Trey Smith? I ooh, Andrew Wiley could be the sneaky one just because of the veteran experience. That could be a sneaky good one. I think I don't think it's going to be LDT. I think it's one of Andrew Wiley or Trey Smith. LDT was running with the threes. Uh, it looked like on some of the photos and some of that kind of stuff in uh, in in uh, mini camp this last you know couple you know the, the last time we saw pictures of this group so i don't think it's going to be ldt i think it's one of andrew wiley and trey smith and i could see it being andrew wiley out of you know the veteran uh, this just seems that that screams andy reed is giving the veteran the nod even though i'm more interested in seeing if it's trey smith i think there's going to be a rotation i think there's going to be a fairly healthy rotation Obviously, they don't want to just hand it immediately over to Trey Smith, even though Andy Heck loves Trey Smith. And it sounds like Andy Reid does as well. I think that he's going to get some rotation in with the ones. I'm not going to be surprised if Andrew Wiley or even LDT is getting some rotations in there with the ones. Those guys know the system. They know what they're expected to do out there. But honestly, give it to Trey. I think by the end of camp, I think it's Trey Smith. Well, that's what I was saying earlier is, I think if you get there on day one or even this first week and Trey Smith's getting a healthy dose or the majority of the reps at right guard, lock it in. It's over. Mm -hmm. If he's the oh, first yeah. one they put out there or if he's getting the majority of reps, it's done. If he's not, that's fine. They might just be making him work at for it. Like there is nothing to worry about if Trey Smith is only getting, you know, 20% of the first team reps as camp first starts. Don't worry about it. That means he's still very clearly in the running. But if he gets the most, it's over. I actually do think LDT has a pretty good shot here for what Kent was saying with the veteran aspect. 
I don't think the team wants Andrew Wiley to start. I really don't. And I get that LDT was running with the threes when he got back, but he was also had to play football for three years. Like the guy probably wasn't in good enough shape to play with the ones. He probably needed less reps to play with guys that weren't going to be out there. If you're not going to give it to Trey Smith, I think it's going to be LDT. I think it's one of those two guys that get the majority of the reps to start practice. And I'm hoping it's Trey Smith as well. I think LDT being out of shape back then isn't an indicator that he just gets to jump into training camp right away either though to be fair uh it's interesting though uh if i say if trey smith is getting the opportunities that we're talking about right here our attention to kyle long i think turns to does he overtake mike right mike rimmers at right tackle i think that's what the Mm -hmm. conversation turns into whenever he returns if trey smith is really jumping in right away and taking hold of that opportunity i think that's what it could wind up being with kyle long was Mike Rimmers even holding on to that position by then? I think so. I do. I don't have a ton of confidence in Lucas Niang right now. I, I hope I'm wrong. I, 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 I don't think know. We've made yeah. it 30 minutes now, and we haven't gotten to Lucas Niang yet, who, I mean, I think you could easily put up there as just as important or just as intriguing as a person as Trey Smith is, because here's another guy. I mean, he's you're looking at a third-round draft pick that a lot of people said should go higher that plays offensive tackle. Like that should be a talking point, but for some reason, Chiefs hype, Chiefs fans hype for Lucas Tiang really peaked. He opted out; it kind of died off, and then it peaked really hard again right before the draft started, and everybody was a fan. And I don't know if it was the video of him coming out doing some of his left tackle drills or what, but it seems like some of the hype for Lucas Tiang has kind of petered off. I don't know if it's because you know they just get this overwhelming feeling that Mike Rimmers is back was called a starting right tackle by his agent when he signed his contract mm-hmm. whatever it may be mike rimmers is just, or lucas niang hype has just died down in the chief's kingdom so like when we get to camp are we going to see him kind of push back against that and really start to shine or is he going to look like a guy that needs a year is he going to look like a developmental offensive tackle i don't know it's it's going to be very interesting to watch and a guy that was coming off of an injury. I mean, that's the other part. Like he had struggles with his hips and had to have surgery and then opted out. So, I mean, it's been a long time since he's played football, just as long as Laurent Duvernay-Tardif has played. So it's been a, a, a little bit of a journey for Lucas Niang. And I think because of the hype of Trey Smith, because of the hype of Creed Humphrey, Joe Tooney, Orlando Brent, like, I mean, there's so much to be excited about on this offensive line that I think all of a sudden we start to forget a little bit about Lucas Niang. And part of that's probably because the Chiefs are easing him in towards right tackle. It seems like he's been running with the twos, maybe a little bit of left tackle reps as well. Looks like he might be looking at that swing tackle role a little bit. But that's not to say that he can't come in and be that guy and play that position and look really good doing it. I did like that we got to see the the offensive lineman walking down the hill. I thought that Lucas Niang looked a little bit better than we saw him look in OTAs. I, I think that that is a positive indicator that he's ready to show up, really, really ready to work. It's just going to be, how does he look? How does he move? Is he going to be able to be a bully when the pads come on as well? We're going to see plenty of it. We're going to get three preseason games. And I bet you Lucas Niang is going to get some time out there playing some, some of these games. But it will be curious to see what he looks like in day one of the first camp reps that he's ever had. I have a take here, boys. I don't think I don't think the Chiefs will play three rookies along their offensive line center to right tackle. And I think that's part of why maybe some of the hype 
around Lucas Niang is dying down a little bit because there's been so much momentum for Creed Humphrey and for Trey Smith that it's like, there's no way this team's playing three ta- three rookies on one side of the offensive line. We're talking about this group being a strength, but right now it's a strength on paper. You know, similarly, there's a lot of interesting guys on paper on, you know, set, you know, center to right tackle kind of the same way on paper, the cornerback group can be a little bit interesting. I think there's, I think there's more options that are going to be more stable along the offensive line than the cornerback position for sure. But I think there's just, I mean, there's a lot of questions and is this team going to play three rookies on one side of the the offensive line? I think those are the questions that, you know, that that doesn't seem very likely. So you gotta, you gotta kind of nudge one of them out, right? Like, I think that's part of how I look at it when I'm looking at the Lucas Yang situation a little bit. And I think he's in the LDT boat where he's been so far removed from football. It's going to take him a little bit, more time to get back into the swing of things i think he's behind the eight ball and i think mike rimmers is your starting right tackle for at least the first eight weeks of the season and he also hasn't played at the nfl level like that's the other part like yeah yeah ldt has lucas niang's got to adjust on a couple different levels well and following that same logic too if you were looking at the replacement for all these positions to kind of see who was there if you're looking at center you would have you know Andrew Blythe, who hasn't played for the Chiefs. So that's a new system for Austin. him anyway. So Austin, sorry. Austin, Good job, Craig. The new, I cragged it. So that would be another new system for your center. So, you, you know, does that really, it's better than a rookie in some ways, but he's still learning a new system. If you put in Lucas Niang, he's learning a new system. The only way like you can cycle in the most experienced, the most recently experienced guy would be Mike Rimmers or Andrew Wiley playing at right guard or right tackle. Who do you feel better about playing? I think the general consensus is fans now have seen a little bit more hype or a little bit more excited to see the combination of Trey Smith and Rimmers versus Lucas Niang and Andrew Wiley. It just seems like that's the higher upside group. That's probably the you know lower or higher floor group as well. So like I get why people would lean that direction. I mean, and I get that as well. And Maddie, you've said multiple times, uh, I, like regardless of how you really line it up, like right tackle is probably the weaker link of the offense. Kyle Long, baby, just like I said in the summer. (laughs) You did say say Kyle Long, but I mean, that's probably the weaker link along the offensive line there. But, you know, you say Mike Rimmers knows the system. What if the system is changing? Like, I mean, I and what if it's changing? Do you trust Andrew Wiley or Mike Rimmers to pick up a new system in one offseason? Oh man, uh, I probably trust Mike Rimmers just because, because Mike Rimmers has Grim- done multiple. Andrew Wiley's Absolutely. been in the same system. I mean, he Absolutely. was with the Colts briefly, right? And then he's been yeah. the same system since. Mike Rimmers has been multiple different teams, multiple different systems. Yep. All intents and purposes, he's played multiple. Like, I think he's a guy that could pick it up faster if that's the case. Probably, probably. But we'll see. And maybe, maybe, you know, Kyle Long kicks out to right tackle. If Trey Smith takes over that guard position, and if you started this show and then fast forward all the all the way to the end, it sounds like we talked about guards for thirty-seven minutes of show, and I think that's a I perfect would've. way to. I think it's a perfect Wait, way I to end this show. One more thing, I'm excited to see though. Come okay, on. then fine. That would have been a perfect way to end it. it would have sounded like thirty-seven minutes of guard talk for some people, but fine, Natty, nope. ruin the transition. Some of, us, some of us are fans of the tight end position. Some of us want to see Noah Gray go out there and run routes. I want to see Noah Gray go out there. I want to see him in the NFL get a fuller, a more full route tree and run it against these linebackers, against these safeties. I just want to see what he looks like. Are my expectations too high? 
can Noah Gray not go out there and be NFL linebackers or NFL safeties on these routes, or can he do it? I think the Chiefs present a good kind of gradient of guys to offer coverage against them. I am, if you made me put out a list of things I'm most excited to see, Noah Gray's one-on-one reps with the linebackers and defensive backs is easily in my top five of things I'm most excited to see. And I'm more excited about that than Cornell Powell, any wide receiver cornerback matchup. I just want to see what he can do versus NFL talent as a route runner because that determines if he's going to be useful for the Chiefs this year or not. Especially since Nick Kaiser on the NFI. So he will probably not be participating in the early going of this camp. So that means that you're going to have Travis Kelsey, Noah Gray, and Blake Bell, the three guys that we kind of predicted were going to make this team. We're going to see that rotation pretty heavily. So I bet Noah Gray gets a lot more reps than he maybe would have if Nick Kaiser was healthy and available. I also want to see him be more athletic than Jody Fortson on the football field. (laughs) Well, guys, I think there's one thing we know about the Noah Gray situation and that he is not going to be in the mix at right guard. That is going to do it for the KC Laboratory. Thank you so much for listening Maddie and I will be out at training camp on Friday and Saturday. Look for the KCSN t-shirt so we can say thank you for listening, reading, watching, whatever you're doing. We are so grateful for you. We're so grateful for our partners in Prize Bank for making KCSN what it is today. That is it for the show. We'll catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.